and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. We're here talking everything Rutgers, everything sports, everything 24-7 around the clock. I'm Bobby Duran for ScarletNation.com. And thank you for joining us today. We have an interesting topic of discussion, one that's a real hot button as of late. We're going to talk some NIL. Um, it's all over. It's the number one topic that, that kids want to talk about on recruiting visits. And and who better to help sort this out than Mr. Recruiting Guru extraordinaire, Brian Doan, National Recruiting Analyst for 247 Sports. Brian, um, you, you've been through this game a long time, man, and, and, and it's changed with the NIL. Well, first, thanks you for coming on. I appreciate it. <laughs> no worries, man. This is going to be... Yeah, I'm trying to put it, all these words in here, fun. right, with the intro and the, and yeah, the topic. Let's call it, so, yeah, um, let's call it fun. You know, you, you, you cover, you know, you run recruiting from South Carolina all the way to Maine. So you, you see everything and, and you've been in this game a long time. NIL is changing the game. Um, I'm just going to dive right into it. Brian, how prominent is NIL in the recruiting game now? And, and how much of it is a concern of, of not a concern, but a priority of, of recruits? You know, it, it, it's a really complex thing because it changes for kids, right? So the, the top tier kids, it is becoming more and more prominent. Now, listen, nobody, I should say nobody, a lot of kids don't want to talk about it, especially publicly. Um, it's so new. So it, it's, kind, it's not out there yet as part of stories. So whenever I talk to kids, I'll usually ask them, you know, what's, you know, the NIL situation, you know, how important is it? And most of them will be like, yo, it's it's something, but it's not everything. The high-end kids, you know, a lot of them have their eyes on the NFL. And so, you know, and more realistic, I mean, every kid has his eyes on the NFL. Um, but but the ones that are, that are really rated high are thinking, okay, listen, do I want to go get, you know, 200000 at a place now, but I'm not going to get developed? Maybe, you know, where I can make... 40 million in the NFL. There's that aspect of it. There's the aspect that, listen, kids are now coming to campuses with NIL representatives with them. And one of the things about that is these NIL representatives are getting paid and getting a a small percentage of what the kids get. And just like your normal agent in pro sports, the more a kid gets, the more the NIL guy gets. And they're not helping these kids out out of the goodness of their heart. They want to be paid. So they're going to try to steer kids to the biggest financial package that they get in NIL. And then you have other kids that, you know, aren't getting much NIL other than what is typical. You know, most schools have a baseline for how much they're going to get with NIL. And so you're seeing a wide range of it, but it's part of every recruitment. Now it it okay, changes and, based on recruitments, but it's part of every recruitment. And you know, you're starting to see some schools forge ahead in the NIL race. What's really being done at these universities to kind of allow these programs to put their best foot forward? Well, it's a concerted effort by everybody within the athletic department to get it done, right? I mean. I know a little while ago, Penn State announced the initiative and the athletic directors front and center with it. And I was just out at Penn State, um, you know, or in State College. I was at Elite 11 on Sunday. And I mean, State College High School is right in the shadows of Penn State 
university and some of the Penn State kids were there um, and some of them were doing some NIL stuff. Um, I'm not going to get into the particulars of it, but some of them were doing things with NIL where they're getting a substantial amount of money um, and Penn State has embraced it. The athletic director has embraced it. Athletics has embraced it. Um, You have to have a, a comprehensive plan that, yeah, is it up to particular programs to do some of their own stuff? It is, it is, but you're not going to have that success unless everybody in athletics is on board and working toward it. You know, you hear all over the place, you know, whether it's it's facilities or coaching salaries or more money for recruiting, everybody now wants more money put into collectives and those collectives obviously will pay the players and so that's where this thing is going and listen you can like it you cannot like it it really doesn't matter because it's not changing um so you know you you better as a university be all in on it or you're going to get left behind Ryan, I've heard some some uh, you know fans, some posters on the message board, you know, highlight the fact that that Rutgers is a place with not as many willing donors as other universities. Listen, man, uh, listen, man this is not a donor thing. Right. I mean, there's some places that yeah, you're going to get some donors. This is not a donor thing. There is nothing keeping a university from going to a local corporation and raising funds to go put them in a collective. It's not we need more money from the season ticket holders. It's we need to find a way to go to our sponsors to cultivate new sponsors and get that money shifted to the collective. It, you know, it, listen, we're going to wait forever. You know, the football building was supposed to be how long ago when Shiano got hired? Um, you know, look at what baseball plays and look what softball plays and field hockey plays and lacrosse plays in the stadium where Ohio State just opened, you know, what, a $15 million lacrosse stadium. I mean, just go down the list. Go look at Purdue's baseball stadium. Rutgers needs facilities badly, right? They have to renovate the rack as part of the Jersey Mike's um, sponsorship that they need to find money for. And all the coaches are saying the same, hey, forget that. Let's go get some more NIL stuff because it's not just a football issue. It's a lacrosse issue. It's a baseball issue. It's a wrestling issue in a big way. I mean, you look at a kid who just went to Michigan that Rutgers was involved with with wrestling. They're all saying, hey, help us. Yes. Is it a group effort? Yes. Is it where you need to go to the donors and say, well, keep giving us money, keep giving us money? No, this is a sponsorship thing, man. Go J&J is right on the Rutgers campus. Crystal Myers Squibb is right there. There's plenty of businesses in New Jersey and in New York to work with. So the question then becomes is, are they tapping those possible places for funds to help with the NIL? And I'm, I'll let you know when I find somebody that says yes. And, and, you know, I looked up just to be sure when, you know, athletic departments and directors job description is fundraising. And, and I guess NIL is is a new form of fundraising. Would, would that be a, appropriate to say? Well, I mean, I guess. But here's the deal. Your job as an athletic director and as an athletic department 
is to give your coaches and your programs the all the stuff that they need to be successful in their sport. Okay. Just give them what do they need to be successful in the sport. That's the job of the athletic department. And we can sit here and say, well, fundraising, well, that's not really NIL. Well, you know what? They need help, and they're saying they need help. And you can sit there and say, hey, um, that's not how New Jersey works. Texas A&M, right, just got they're, – they're putting a new bill in Texas that's sponsored and written by, by the folks at Texas A&M where they're writing it a different way to allow kids to, you know, student athletes to make money. And A&M was front and center with helping write this bill. So I guess the thing is this, Bobby, you can either make excuses, come up with reasons why something doesn't happen or work or fix it. And, you know, when you, when you look at Rutgers and you see the fundraising, you know, where, yeah, they built the new basketball thing where half, you know, I think it was 25 million of a tax break raised maybe 50 or 60 million. I think it was. And then the rest of it is paid by mortgaging future television money from the Big Ten network that Rutgers is going to get to pay for the loans. Hey, listen, man, you've been around a long time, Bobby. There, there's not a lot of new buildings going up with athletics. There's 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 the small renovations here and there, but new. I don't care whether you agree with it or disagree with it. The fact of the matter is. Rutgers has outdated facilities in many areas, well beyond the revenue-producing sports. They're not raising enough money to do it. Um, looking at, you know, I'm, I'm, as we talk, I, I, I did some research on it just in terms of fundraising. And I, and I think, I believe it was two years ago, uh, 2021, end of 2021, I believe Rutgers raised seven million dollars in fundraising and athletics i think it is um yeah. you know it just listen you can you can make excuses you can say reasons you can do all that stuff your football coach is the lowest paid football coach in the big 10 you are i think you're, you're i think 10th in fundraising in the big 10 i think it was or whatever it was you know, it's, it's on the lower point. Well, if that's okay for this and in the fundraising and facilities and all that stuff, well, then going to the NIT and losing in the first round should be okay. Getting to a bowl game once in a while in football, well, that's okay. The women's basketball team going to the NCAA once in a while, that's okay. You know, so, so what, this is the Big Ten. Your job is to at your school and as an athletic department give the coaches what they feel they need to be successful and i don't care if that's nil facilities salaries to improve coaching staffs and expand coaching staffs in sports whatever it is whatever the head coach says hey this is what we need it is the job of the athletic director to try and get that done 
And, and Brian, you know, you see, you talk to kids from all different schools, all different places. And, and how much is it as a disadvantage for a school who's behind in the NIL game when it comes to recruiting? Is there certain kids they know they just can't get and don't even bother recruiting? Um, no, no, they, that, that never happens because, you know, so I deal with it on the football side, right? And mm-hmm. so I, I can't speak to what happens in baseball or whatever, but I can speak about football. And whether it was Shiano, whether it's Chris Ash, they would battle to the end or until they were out of it. And sometimes even after a kid committed, they would keep talking to kids. They don't stop recruiting. Now, if it's a kid that they're not interested in, yeah, they'll stop. But if it's a kid they're interested in, it doesn't matter if the kid doesn't show a ton of interest. They're going to keep recruiting them. And in the transfer portal age, and I'm seeing this all over the country, hey, man, a kid may go somewhere else and you have no shot at him right now, but he may be in the portal in a year or two. And all of a sudden you're back on him again, and now you have a chance because he didn't forget that you stayed in contact with him. You didn't pressure him to flip, but you just stayed in contact with them and continued that relationship. Um, and that, that's something to really look at in recruiting. And, and it's, it's something that I know Rutgers does a good job on the football side of, even if they're out of it with a kid, they, they continue to try. And, you know, John Newman came out, uh, you said about funds and, and uh, John Newman, the president of the Knights of the Raritan Collective for Rutgers, came out and said that, you know, they need probably $10 million to compete in the four major sports. Um, not even close to that one. Uh, it seems like it's a major disadvantage. Do recruits know this? I mean, how privy are they, Brian, to, to each school's situation? Or, or is it, you know, the, is, is it kind of very distant for them? Um. They don't know the ins and outs of the situation. They know what a school can do for them. And listen, there's a lot of numbers that, that get thrown out there that aren't even close to being accurate. And I was saying for Rutgers with John, I mean, obviously John knows from the inside what, what they talk about and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But, you know, there's, I, I was with a kid um, this weekend out at Elite 11, and he was talking about how one school said, oh, yeah, we can give you like $1.2 million over four years. And he's like, really? You've never seen me do anything yet. And you're going to say that? <laughs> and and so the kids, you know, the kid just said, yeah, it's not really, you know, I, I didn't really put much in it. And But, you know, talking to the kid about how it, how it's kind of unfolding and what he's going to, what he thinks he's going to get, um, it, it makes sense. You know, he'll, he'll get, he'll get whatever. And it's, it, he doesn't know how much other kids are really getting. I mean, eventually that stuff is going to be just great for a locker room, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, they don't, they just know what they're being told. And, you know, when this stuff gets settled, it's, it's more about, you know, there's paperwork involved in everything. So it's not like, you know, there's some kids that were going to go to one school in the 23 class. And when it came time to really finalize all the nil stuff the number wasn't nearly what the school had said throughout recruiting and they're like yeah i'm going somewhere else so um but you look at like i know a hot topic now is cam spencer and you know in the nil well hey it is what it is whether you like it or you don't like it it's it this is life and so if he's a kid who's not gonna play professionally 
at a higher level, whether in one of the top leagues in Europe or whatever. Well, how much, I mean, this is his chance to go out with some earning potential and get, you know, a nice, a nice payday before he starts a real job kind of deal. And I'm not saying that basketball is not a real job. We all, I think people Mm. understand what I mean by it, but so, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't blame kids. Anybody listening to this, if, if they were told their kid can go make a hundred K just by going to a different school or 200 K or 50 K by going to a different school, I think a lot of people would think about that. And again, you can hate it. You can hate it. I understand it. I mean, I think there's some things that have to get worked out with NIL and it's going to get worked out with NIL, but you, you can, you know, it's not my favorite thing, but I understand it's the reality. So deal with it. And Brian, you touched on something too that, that I don't know if people are, are very aware of that these NIL deals have NIL deals have to be in place when they, you know, sign a letter of intent. How how does that kind of unfold? And you mentioned, you know, some people aren't following through and the kid just opens things up, but this is now a, a part of it, right? When they sign? Yeah, I mean it is. It's like a contract, you know, and mm-hmm. and if you get in trouble, it can impact your NIL. And in some places it can be Hey, if you're doing this on the field, then you get some of this NIL stuff. And, you know, there's some, I I think because it's so new, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And so you have to kind of sort through it. And there's a lot of uncertainty from parents and their families. I mean, I heard somebody bring it up and I, I, I think it was a really good point. Was, it may have been Shiano when he was doing the Adam Brenneman podcast where he said it's a lot different, you know, a kid going to the NFL and getting 25 million or, or more when he's 22 or 23 years old than a 17 year old kid mm-hmm. coming out of high right. school getting it. It's, it's different. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things that factor into this stuff. So you're going to give somebody NIL money. Well, now as a school, you need to make sure you're taking care of that kid. So he's got to, him and his family have to understand, you know, you're going to have to pay taxes. You you get a car for a year and if somebody wants to give you a car for a year, a dealership as part of an NIL package, well, you have to pay taxes on that. Yep. You know, it's, so, so there's a, there's a lot of stuff like that that has to be considered. And, and then you factor in the NCAA, which is just, I mean, they don't care. They're just trying to hold on to, schools and make sure they don't all just branch off and form their own organization. So they, they, the NCAA just decided, you know what, man, let's just wash our hands of all this stuff and let these schools figure it out. And we'll just try to exist next to them instead of trying to enforce anything, really. You know, Brian, it's funny you mentioned that you hear a lot of people make the claim of tampering. I, I don't know if that can even be enforceable anymore with the way things are. I mean, does that just exist everywhere? Well, you know, it depends what your definition of tampering is, right? If school A has a kid and school B wants that kid and school B decides to call the high school coach and says, hey, you know what? I hope your kid is doing really well at school A. I hope he has a great career there. It's great. Boy, we're looking for somebody just like him that plays that position and has just this amount of experience. Uh-huh. It's not tampering. I mean, by the rule, that's not tampering. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, 
if a school is going to turn somebody in for tampering, you know, if they're texting a kid or calling or DMing a kid or having a teammate DM a kid, well, listen, man, that's a slippery slope because there's a, you know, you see a lot of stuff when you're out on the road going to camps and combines and stuff like that. Let's put it that way. And so, you know, it, it, it becomes to what's tampering and are they going to try to enforce somebody saying a direct message to another kid saying, hey, come play here. How do you, you know, what's the penalty for that? And, and you know, you mentioned not to segue, but uh, you mentioned being on the road. I don't think people realize how much you travel for these camps and combines. I mean, how, how many miles have you logged in the last month, Brian? Oh, shoot, the last week. Let's see. I was in Baltimore on a Sunday. Went, I mean, I, I was in North Carolina in late April for a few days for seven on seven and then to visit schools. was in Baltimore um, on a Sunday. Then last Monday, I was in Connecticut, and I think I visited seven or eight schools. And I was in Massachusetts the next day on Tuesday. Came <laughs> home Tuesday night, back out to State College on, on uh, you know, Saturday for Elite 11. We also had the UC report camp on Mother's Day and the driving rain up in North Jersey. So it's good. But, you know, you know, Bobby, every time I think of him and I was I was tired, you know, I'm no spring chicken anymore. And I was tired, um, (laughs) Uh you know, Tuesday coming home from Massachusetts. And I I thought to myself, you know, three years ago, I would have done everything in my power to go visit all these schools when everything was locked down for the pandemic. So uh-huh. kind of uh, got me to the next rest stop to get coffee so I could be awake for the rest of the drive. But yeah, I mean, it's a we lot. Gotta get you some, we got to get you some NIL driving money. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I'll just take it like in coffee instead. Can I get paid in, can I get paid in coffee? Um, some of that Eric Legrand coffee. Um, yes. Very good. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's good getting out, but it's good. I mean, I get to go out and see, I, I, I saw AJ Serace twice. Now the Rutgers quarterback commit, I saw him in the driving rain in North Jersey, which you, you know, it's hard to read anything into that because it's 50 degrees and raining sideways. And then I saw him at elite 11 and he was absolutely outstanding. His arm strength is better. He's his whole frame is stronger. He's thicker in the upper body. You know, his delivery is a, a lot more compact. Not that it was long before. I mean, he, I was amazed at how good he looked. I talked to him afterward, and I'm like, my goodness, you threw that ball well. He says, yeah, I've been, I've been working hard at it, and, and you can see it. So, so for me, it's good to get out and see all these kids that I talk to that I write about. It, it's nice to be able to go out and see them. All the time they give to me and, you know, help me do my job, it's always fun to go out and, you know, watch them because I think a lot of times they appreciate it. Well, we appreciate it too. And I, I always say there's not a more plugged in recruiting guy and, and it's not just from calling people on the phone or watching tape and, and uh, you can see that the effort put in. So it's, it's greatly appreciated and, and it's, uh, you know, reflective in the work too, as well. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. And it's, it's good. Kids are good. And, you know, I don't pretend that we're going to get every ranking right, but we try to get every ranking right. And I guess that's it's an inexact science, even for coaches. Oh, man, shoot, man. If I could get everything right, I'd be making so much money, I wouldn't have to worry about NIL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I, could, I could learn to be, be uh, the NIL advisor, huh? If I could learn what, what the heck this thing is all about. <laughs> 
but, uh, but, uh, but, well, you know, Bobby, along that, and just to, to leave on this, or, or, or to, to at least say this, listen, what NIL is now, I think mm-hmm. eventually it's going to get more structured. It's just people yeah. have to figure it out because it's so new. And again, you're basically doing it with so few rules and so few guidelines put forth by the NCAA. Right. Well, we'll look forward to the, the changes. And, and if you want to discuss any of that, you can interact with myself or Brian on the ScarletNation.com message board. Um, thank you for listening. Brian, thank you for coming on. It was very informative and in, in, in sharing that knowledge with us. Hey, man, my pleasure. You know, anytime, Bobby, anytime. All right. Well, and we'll see you on the message board on the website, 24-7 Sports. Be there at ScarletNation.com. We're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. For Brian Doan, I'm Bobby Darren. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.